Welcome back to the Cairo London Podcast. It's Craig McLean here again, and uh, this week we're having a great little chat with Zara Watkinson, who is a new chiropractor with us down in Tooting. So she's only been with us a couple of months, uh, but it was great to get a little bit more insight into what uh, inspired her to become a chiropractor. Turns out I learnt that she is a third-generation Cairo. Her grandfather, her mother, and now herself are all chiropractors. So um, enjoy the chat we have. Um, she talks about her McTimony College student days um, and her helping out with the clinic that her mother owned. All the way through to the very end, if you can hang about, you'll get some great uh, health advice from Zara, as well as a couple of great book recommendations. So sit back and enjoy. Thanks for joining us, Zara. Hi, Hi Zara. Hello. How are you? Very good. Welcome to the podcast slash Insta Live. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to get you on. How are you doing? I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Now, um, can I then ask you just to uh, give us a little introduction of uh, your name and where you're practising and that sort of a thing just to kick things off? So, my name's Zahara and I am practising at the Cairo London Tooting Clinic, which is amazing. little shout out to their team. <laughs> uh, and so, where are you from though? Um, well, originally my family is from Australia, but uh, I've grown up in Henley, uh, so just a little bit closer towards Oxford. So you, yeah, born and bred in, in, in Henley and yeah. uh, and still currently living there, even though you've joined us in Tooting, right? I am indeed. Nah, cool. So look, um, thanks. It's been a while since I've had a chat to a chiropractor on here, okay, because uh, this was like lockdown project number 43 or whatever it was for me to kind of like against all better advice, I was like, whatever you do in lockdown uh, one, don't start a podcast. We've got too many podcasts. We've got too many people online doing too much rubbish. Um, don't do it. And then I'm like, okay, but it seemed like a good opportunity just to kind of get to meet all the chiropractors, right? Um, so uh, I made my way through, um, and I'm losing count, to be honest, uh, the number of chiropractors we had. I think it was like 12 or 13 chiropractic uh, chats, of which they're all on the Insta Live or IGTV, I think as they call it. Um, and then obviously things evolved away from chiropractors and I got chatting to some local businesses, Pilates, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and even some chiropractic advocates. It's been good to get some stories from some people and I want to evolve that idea. But in the meantime, sort of bucking the trend of businesses winding things down a little bit through maybe especially this second lockdown, uh, we need more help and thank you for joining us um and our team because we have yeah you're one of four new chiropractors that we actually have kind of added to our crew over the summer so welcome yeah, there was four of us well i'm including and this is the thing right is that so i'm including mike mcbean who's obviously been around a little bit longer than some um, there's, uh, there's Filippo up in, um, Marlebone. 
there's yourself and silver. Okay. Okay. Uh, but look, let's go back to the very start. Because it's normally a pretty good place to start with regards to um, chiropractors. A lot of the time have got a story to tell about how they became a chiropractor. Um, so I believe you have a bit of a story as well. So tell us how you got interested in becoming a chiropractor in the first place. Um, well, I kind of followed family line, I guess. Uh, my grandfather was a chiropractor. My mum was a chiropractor. And I had, I mean, I resisted it as long as I possibly could went down completely the wrong track with my A-levels, went through English and art and history and sort of all the little side passions. But, um, yeah, you know, I took a year off and decided I wanted to do chiropractic instead. I wanted to do something that actually gave me the chance to help people and sort of contribute to community and improve people's well-being and life. So that was something that definitely ticked all the boxes for me. Well, just... Slow down a second there. <laughs> I didn't even know your grandfather was a chiropractor. What's the story there? Yeah, he was an amazing chiropractor in um, in Sydney. Oh, well, Fairfield, so just outside of Sydney. So um, what was his name? Uh, Bernard Lyle. So Bernard he, Lyle. Yeah, yeah. Probably a bit before my time, I'm guessing. I think, I think maybe a little. <laughs> so where did he study then? Actually, I don't know where he studied. Um, it, I assume it was in Sydney as well. Um, but I know that he was certainly, he had a clinic um, next door to his house uh, and that's where he had practised for as long as I knew about anyway. Well, because, you know, I know those early days, like as obviously I studied in, in Oz um, and I'm pretty sure where I studied only really started training chiropractors in the 70s, right? Um, and... Before that, I think most of the Aussie-trained chiropractors went to the States to study. Um, so I wonder yeah, I wonder where he went. But, um, in fact, I think I saw, I don't know if Dana's still there, there was uh, Dana is a current student of McTimony uh, Cairo, and I wonder if she can tell us when Macquarie University started up um, because I don't know. Was it the 70s? Was it earlier? It's, I think it's been one of the more long-standing places to study. But anyway, so so then your mum became a chiropractor kind of inspired by her dad. Yes, exactly. Um, and then she went and worked with him for five years and he absolutely taught her everything he knew. So then she came over to the UK. Wow. So she graduated uh, in, went to Sydney College herself. Yeah. Um, and um, worked with, that must have been interesting, worked with uh, her dad for five years. But then she was like, I'm young, I've just studied, I've worked for five years, spent five years studying chiropractic, maybe I need to go and see a bit of the world or something. Is that sort of how it worked or not really? Uh, no. So she, so initially when she graduated, she went straight into working with her dad. So she was full-time Cairo, getting all the training, getting all the mentorship, all that sort of stuff going in. Um, and she was working there. She said she worked herself absolutely into the ground. Um, and then when she was, she was really young the first time she got married. She was 22 um, and her husband went to, uh, I think, Sydney as well, Macquarie, um, and then went to, um, decided they were going to come on holiday to England. Mm -hmm. And my mum absolutely fell in love, felt right at home straight away, um, and decided to stay, pretty much. 
Wow. Mm. Uh, so hang on, your, your dad, no, hang on, her husband or your dad? Her first husband. And then there we go. later she met my dad. Okay, so he was a chiropractor as well. Um, they got married. Uh, you know, I don't mean to go too deep into the family history here, but I'm actually genuinely interested. Um, uh, then they split up sort of a thing, but then she stayed over here in, in the UK, uh, met then your dad, who was a Brit. Yep. Okay. And hence why she then what, stayed and lived in Henley most of the time um, and um, started a family. No, there was a lot of back and forth. So my dad, whilst he was born in the UK, he actually grew up and moved there when he was a teen. His whole family had moved over. Um, so he had grown up in Australia. That's where all his family were. Um, so they kind of moved back and forth between the two countries. Um, and then they settled here permanently when I was, um, must have been about seven-ish, um, and stayed. Wow. And so, yeah, so you were doing the back and forth thing a little bit there too. And then, but then ended up sort of just schooling in and around Henley, um, which is where you still are. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, um, tell us, so, uh, I mean, obviously your mum was an inspiration for you to become a chiropractor as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was pretty cool. So tell us a little bit more about your mum and the story about how you became a chiropractor yourself. Um. I mean, she'd her practice had always been centered around the towns that she was living in. So she'd spend a lot of the time getting to know her communities and um, learning about the people that lived locally to her. Um, and then she, the relationships that she had with all her patients, all of them, they were basically like friends over time. Um, and just watching how she involved herself in everything that she was passionate about. So her her love for helping support, so particularly when I was a teenager, helping support kids that are carrying very heavy backpacks, things like that. So she made sure that all, all the um, local schools had the opportunity to have backpacks, things like that, that were a bit more Cairo approved. <laughs> um, and uh, sort of going through different uh, circles like that for a lot of her career. Um, and she, yeah, she was just so passionate about people and health and the best possible lifestyle that she could help provide for someone else. Um, She was just a a great person. She was a great person. And, um, yeah, I kind of decided I wanted wanted to follow on in that. I wanted to give the same to others. Now, uh, was it she had the practice in Henley for many years and you grew up basically dropping in and out of that clinic yourself as a kid, right? Yeah, pretty much. I grew up in the clinic, effectively. So she had a, the clinic had moved to a couple of different locations within Henley. Um, but the very first clinic she had in Henley, I we lived in a flat above the clinic. Um, and then we moved back to Australia for a bit and then came back again. And then, yeah, I've been in that clinic from after school and then sort of doing odd jobs around the practice. And I've done literally every job in the clinic that could possibly be done right from the cleaning, right the way through to reception and being a chiro myself. So I've done everything. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Uh, I have a 11 and a 13 year old. Uh, At what age were you first actually ever answered a telephone call? I must have been about, oh, probably 
I think the first time I was allowed to answer a patient type call was when I was about 14. Well, that's good to know because I'm, I'm beginning, I'm trying to work out at what age it's appropriate to sort of uh, sign them up to the payroll. So um, <laughs> I don't think kids these days do enough of these kind of like uh, weekend jobs and that sort of a thing, you know. Um, so it would be well, a nice way to. My mum got me in on the cleaning from about 10. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need to do to get them cleaning, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> We digress. So, look, so obviously you're inspired by your mom. And then did, did you, at what age did you, or like, so uh, did you go straight from school into Cairo school or did you pause for, you said you paused for a little bit, right, just to try and work yes. out what to do? Yeah. Yes. So um, I had spent my year off uh, studying biology for an A-level and doing uh, massage and sports therapy type work and things like that um, and then decided who was I kidding? I was obviously going to go down some sort of Cairo-centred route. So, um, yeah, just uh, signed up to McTimini and that was it, pretty much. So what was the the sort of logical process of you ending up in McTimini? Was it because it was just down the road or because uh, what, what was the story there? What, what appealed to you about McTimini College? There were a few different things. Uh, initially, when I went to look around the school, it was primarily because it was just down the road it wasn't too far out of my comfort zone in the respect that I didn't have to go into halls it was you know I went to school and then I could go home at the end of it and run my life around that um but actually the more the longer I was there and the longer I was a student in the school I really appreciated that they were very good at making sure that my education was diverse. So that wasn't all McTimini based. They did offer uh, experience and opportunity to start practicing diversified technique. Um, I think it's, is it BGI? The really, really gentle energetic technique. Okay. Um, and um, I liked that you were able to, we were taught to adjust from the first week pretty much. Um, very slowly and on on certain areas that were um, sort of uh, minimal risk. So things like learning to palpate the ribs, working through little things like that. We had hands-on experience from week one. Um, And, yeah, it just uh, worked out to be the best school for me, I think. Um, So for those that don't know, McTimini College is in Oxfordshire or Abingdon, isn't it? Yeah, just outside of Oxford. Um, And how long is the program? Well, there's Uh, two two options, isn't there? Yes, you can do two. So you can either do um, you can either do a four year full time course or a five year part time course. Okay, brilliant. Now uh, I got the impression that um, the you had some fairly special mentoring through your studentship. uh, in the form of your mum helping you out, right? Um, and especially because you can be, you can learn a lot at Cairo School. You can learn about a lot about the human body and about physiology and pathology and all that sort of stuff. But the actual then, when it comes down to the laying of the hands and the practicing of chiropractic, there's a lot of practice you've got to do, uh, a lot of time you've got to put in to get the skills that are required to become a good chiropractor. Right. So that must have been nice having some, you know, some tuition outside of school. Is that sort of what happened? Pretty much. I mean, my mum had been teaching me how to adjust 
on her, so obviously not in a professional setting, but um, on her from learning how to just palpate even uh, from the age of about 12. So I'd been exposed to it my whole life. Um, and then I was also, at, when I was at school, uh, practicing as a sports therapist. So I was doing lots of massage techniques and exercise techniques. So I had a lot of contact with patients and it gave me, I felt anyway, it gave me a huge leg up in that respect that I had sort of direct relationships with patients. I learned how to, how to communicate with them better. Um, and just on a, uh, having that hands-on approach and opportunity to be able to develop that contact and learning what it felt like to, um, you know, when someone is in a particularly vulnerable state, be able to feel what needs to be felt and palpated and, and working and um, building that connection with the patient as well. So I was very lucky. Amazing. Um, because the, the McTimony thing, um, for those that don't know as well, that there is a specific technique called McTimony chiropractic, which is very sort of low force, uh, sort of toggle based, almost non-manual um, based technique. Um, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you end up practicing that way. It's like uh, in the same way that if you go to any chiropractic school, it's totally up to you as to what technique you actually use once you get let loose into private practice. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just uh, sort of one of those things, isn't it? And then did I see McTooney has – have they expanded to a second campus now as well or – you don't know about that. I have no idea, I'm afraid. I saw this thing the other day that I wasn't sure if they're sort of starting up something in Manchester. So, um, but, you know, I know there's a real push to try and get more chiropractic um, facilities out there to train up more chiropractors because, you know, I think we're kind of struggling with the number of graduates uh, coming out every year. So. Mm. No, actually, when you mention it, Manchester, it does ring a bell. So maybe it was that they were opening up another school. Well, look, um, we have uh, we have oh, yeah. we have a Cairo on board. Yes, in Manchester. There we go. Hi, Tom. <laughs> you know Tom? I do. I went to school with him. Ah, very good. See, fans, you got the fans out there already. <laughs> they found you. <laughs> um. Hey, so look, did you? Uh, I know you lost your mum fairly recently too, right? Um, and so that's. Um, that obviously would have been devastating. Um, uh, but then because she was working in the practice in Henley. Yes. Um, and do you want to tell us the story of how, what happened there and, and what's happened to the family practice and all that sort of stuff? Um, so where my mum passed away in 2017 and um, I, my sister and I had been, so my mum was diagnosed with cancer in 2015 um, and very slowly over that time, my sister and I had been learning how to sort of run the practice, learning how the whole the, how the whole system ran um, as a, as a clinic, rather than just doing the odd jobs. Um, and we, yeah, we took over the running pretty much as she was passing away. That we um, decided to take ownership of the clinic. Um, that was really hard, I'll be honest. That was really, really difficult, not necessarily just on the grief front, but also working full-time. I just graduated from McTimony at that point. Um, and going into a clinic where they've watched me grow up as a kid and as a teenager um, and then having to step into shoes as a boss or, or not a boss, but as someone that is in charge of their 
uh, you know, their, their earning or their income. Um, I think it was really tough for everyone involved, especially because a lot of them had been working in the clinic for a lot longer than, well, and one of them had been with my mum for 30 years. So, um, you know, it was, it was quite a quite a dynamic to try and change that had already been in the practice for a really long time. Um, so, yeah, so, so we took over the running of the clinic. We ran the clinic for two years. Um, it was an amazing learning opportunity and an experience. Um, but then we, uh, we decided to sell to two chiros that were already in-house. So they were work- they've been there for 10 and 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so the clinic is now theirs. Yeah. Well, it uh, must be nice to have seen the sort of the legacy carry on from your mum anyway. Um, and, you know, totally understand that when you enter into a situation with maybe some sort of preconceived ideas as to who you are and, and um, you know, be it newly graduated or the daughter of the original owner and all this sort of stuff, uh, or the, you know, especially two daughters running because your sister was involved in kind of the admin side of things, right? And then you were hands-on. Um yeah. And dealing, as you say, with your mum's illness as well. Um, and I guess she stopped to practice fairly sort of around that time as well, right? Um, yeah, I mean, she like, she she had been working up until about two weeks before she really just couldn't anymore. Oh, so wow. she, not full-time, but certainly with the odd patient, she would help out. And she also specialised in sort of gait analysis and gait scanning and orthotics and things like that. So she carried on doing that. Um, She maintained a degree of contact with patients for as long as she physically could. She Mm. loved her job. She loved the life that she could live. And, you know, she was um, committed to making sure that she carried that on for as long as she possibly could. Well, as I say, the legacy continues, but then, um, you know, when we first met, I remember your number one priority um, because I think you'd sold the practice, done all that sort of stuff, paused again just to try and work out what next, uh, was in no mad rush to sort of jump into the next thing and you were kind of going around meeting a few people and you basically were sort of trying to find the right team or the right kind of people to hang out with. And then you kind of met me, which is probably not a great representation of, uh, of what we are, but you heard that there was this kind of cool little group that I'd formed um, and then you got to sort of meet us. So um, it was, so that was the thing, wasn't it? You were like, I, I'm not really, don't really care where it is. I just want to work with a certain type of group of people or, or that sort of a thing. Was that the thing? Pretty much exactly that. I was just, I was... I was looking for something that I was able to go into work in the day and feel like I was part of a team um, and to go into a into an environment where I was, you know, it was all about chiropractic. It was about bettering ourselves as chiropractors um, and, and working in, a, in an environment that encouraged health and wellness as the priority over necessarily um, a pain base. Um, obviously, we see a lot of patients that, generally speaking, come in with some sort of pain. Um, but yeah, that that was my motive was to find the right environment to work in that I felt was going to help me develop further as a Cairo. So tell us that you touched on the tooting team earlier. Let's do a bit of a breakdown. You, uh, I've got a great team down there. Um, walk us through your first couple of months. Um, how's the team? 
They are amazing. They are so, so, so lovely. They are so lovely, all of them. Um, and the CAs are all amazing. And then we've got Kate, who's the manager as well, and she's just fantastic. But they're all, you know, they're all really on the ball. So everything is done really efficiently, really organised, really com- the communication is exceptional. Um, I'm still learning how to do a bit of the communication, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 really good. It's really good. And Erin is lovely and Michael's lovely and they've all been so welcoming to me. So I've really enjoyed starting. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a cool time because, you know, um, we've obviously just made Erin a sort of full-time in tooting now too, right? So now she's solely focused there. Uh, Michael's been there for over five years. Um, Kate Vickers has gone through this amazing transformation uh, of someone who wasn't really sure she wanted well, I guess, you know, she just joined as a as a CA, I guess. And then the moment we took her to her first chiropractic conference, she was like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> I've found my calling, you know. Um, and um, it's re- really great to see her evolve. And, yeah, she now does have some kind of responsibility and authority down there, you know, um, which we love to see, you know, um, and really cares, I think, for that place. So, um yeah, and do, you know, as you've witnessed, they desperately needed the help. Um, and is that right? I mean, yesterday I was only in in the morning yesterday, and Erina was in all day, and the pair of us saw between us eight patients, eight new patients in one day. I was blown away by how busy that clinic is. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And uh, you know, I think that that is testament to. You know, well, it's been there since 99 um, and it sort of went through various ups and downs over the years. Um, it's in a location where there's not a lot of competition. So, you know, um, so it's like we are the go-to people down there. Um, and, you know, I think especially in the last five years since we took it over, we've been doing a great job of looking after people and word is spreading, you know. Um, yeah. All of that combined with the fact that at the moment everyone's mega stressed out um, and either working from home or exercising way too much with this spare time um, and they're, they're broken and they need our help. So uh, I started this whole conversation by just saying how grateful I was that we can carry on serving the people through lockdown 2.0 um, and I think we're in a, a privileged position to be able to do that but um you know genuinely there is a need out there for that isn't that you know um, completely but actually something else that i've really noticed and and really loved with a lot of the new patients coming in is that there's been a complete shift in the priority of health so not every new patient i see is in pain not every new patient i see has come in for a reason some of them have just come in because they want to do something to contribute to being more healthy as a as a whole rather than focusing on one particular thing um, which has also been great. Well, yeah, because um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's not actually a lot of focus. I wish there was more focus in the media about what else we can be doing to stay strong in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, but there's not a lot of focus on that, you know. Um, uh, so, you know, I think that's where we've got to sort of try and help with the message of like get some proper sleep, keep exercising, um, eat well, try and do a stress management strategy, speak to people so then they, you know, your mental health uh, isn't suffering. Um, And, you know, we feel chiropractic plays a role in just keeping yourself healthy from the inside as well. So, 
Absolutely. And also just the relationship and the connection you build with your patients as well. I think it's it's good all round. Yeah. So um, why don't you do that thing too where um, if you meet someone for the first time you, or maybe one of these eight new patients you saw yesterday, wh- how do you describe chiropractic to someone uh, who doesn't really know what it is? I find that that for me comes out slightly differently every time. It depends on the patient. Um Generally speaking, the overall message I try to get in there somehow uh, is to explain that the focus is on the nervous system and the fact that it is the body needs support so that the nervous system can function as a whole. Um, so that everything, you know, the nerves all supply all the organs, all the muscles, all the communication between the brain and the body effectively. So if there is something that is either not moving particularly well or is um, a little bit stuck or or not in the best position, we need to make sure that that is clear and um, open so there's enough space for the nerves to flow and um, do their job. That's what I try and get in somehow. (laughs) But you're right, you know, I mean, sometimes... um if someone comes in and they have a very specific concern, low on their priority list is understanding how the nervous system works and how health comes from inside, you know. Um, they just want to get their neck moving again or whatever, right? Um, yeah. But then on the other half side of things, as you say, people are sort of focused more on health and they're sort of looking for options which are natural, naturally supporting uh, improved health and that's where that description works really well, doesn't it? Um, Mm. And I find it's more, actually, it's a conversation that comes up. I don't necessarily explain that on the first appointment. I'll tend to focus that around what's brought them in. So, you know, if they've got low back pain, describing a little bit or explaining a bit about how the connection between the pelvis and the lower back works. And if something happens in one area, it often happens elsewhere as well. And pain being the last thing to present. So depending on what the patient is coming in for as well. um, And then over time, the conversation evolves and becomes more around health. And by that point, because they feel better, generally speaking, not even just what they came in for in the first place, but with that, it just sort of the conversation flows in that general well-being direction as well, which is helpful. Hey, so, uh, you know, not to put you on the spot, but how do, for the, those that are not um, au fait with how chiropractic actually works, how the hell does it work that actually uh, you s- sort of see someone for a few minutes uh, a couple of times a week and their body function improves somehow? What, what's going on there? Well, this goes back to the nervous system. So as I said, the nerves all supply all the body. So that's everything from organs to um, to joints, to muscles, to the general health of the body. It is centered around uh, how good the communication is between that organ or that body part and the brain. We also need to make sure that the that the neck is in good alignment and that the general well uh, the whole body is in a good, nice, open, and uh, mobile environment so that the brain can function properly. And that goes hand in hand with other well-being forms as well. So that's you know lots of water, lots of sleep, lots of uh, good food, things like that. Sounds ideal. <laughs> I mean, I think so. <laughs> now, um, have you got a puppy? I have two. Sorry, can you hear them in the background? <laughs> you know, I thought we might as well go there, see if we can hear them. Um, what, are they hungry? Are they looking for a walk? What's going on? Neither. We live on a street, so the ha- the front of the house is directly on the path, and any person or dog or 
baby pram or anything that goes past the window, postman, you name it, they bark. So um, uh, these dogs, the family dogs, your sister's dogs, uh, what's the deal? No, they're my, well, mine are my sister's. Are they coming to London? Uh, Depends, depends. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm guessing they wouldn't be good shop dogs in the fact that um, (laughs) taking them to the clinic would not be ideal. (laughs) No, not not if you firstly wanted me to get any work done, but also because obviously they're very vocal and they like to communicate with everyone. They're very friendly. They want to say hi to everyone that came in. So. (laughs) And they'd be exhausted at the end of the day. They'd be like <laughs> running around, saying hi to everyone. Um, hey, um, I d- personally, uh, having you know, the dealings that I've had with you, you are, I think, one of the most optimistic and positive people I have met. Um, what's the secret? Share the <laughs> secret. Did you know that that's the thing? No, I did not know that was a thing. Um, like, let's let's just give you an example, right? Like, um, you're like uh, the for some people driving from Henley to Tooting could be a bit of an obstacle, right? Um, and you're like, it's such a breeze. It's like you know, only takes an hour. Um, you know, um, and it's so easy and all this sort of stuff. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of like looking at the. You know, you could you could also say, "Oh my God, it takes an hour." You know, um, you know the traffic's so dreadful. Um, you know, I don't believe how far it is. Um, so uh, that's just one example. Um, what's the deal? What's your secret? I don't really think I have one. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I, I, I try to look at most things as. I am lucky enough to go into a a job that I enjoy. That, like I said to you before, that was my priority when I was looking for a new position at a clinic was I wanted to be able to go into work and love where I was going. Um, and sure, the driving the driving is a long way. When it, by the end of the day, when you you know when you're tired, you've been working all day, and when you go home, you know it's it's. But for me that's an opportunity to have my time. That's when I can leave my work at work. I can put on my podcast or my music or whatever it is I'm listening to and and take that time to get myself home. So by the time I'm home, I am relaxed or um, same thing when I'm going into work in the morning, it's my time to take time for myself. Um, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I like my life. I've, <laughs> I've spent a lot of time trying to be or not even trying to be, I just, I like to think that there is a lesson or a positive outcome from every experience. So, you know, it's, it's not always easy, but there's got to be something that every cloud has a silver lining. But th- that's what uh, does make you a great chiropractor. I think you need to be, as a chiropractor, pretty upbeat and positive and optimistic because um, <laughs> I can't imagine a successful pessimistic chiropractor. It's like, <laughs> That low back of yours, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you know, you may as well just not leave home, you know. Uh, there's no hope for you. Just give up now. Um, yeah, don't even come in at this point. Just, you yeah. know, stay where you are. It's not going to get any better. You're done. How would that go down? Should we try that for a week? Or that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well business would do. But... <laughs> well, maybe it would be like, 
really? Is it that bad? Oh my God, I need your help, you know? Um, maybe, maybe. I, look, I reckon fear is a crazy thing, but uh, anyway, we digress. Um, so look, uh, obviously the future is in London for the next period of time. So I hope all goes well there. Um, you know, and then we were speaking before, you're um, you're obviously sort of maybe looking for a somewhere to stay that's a little bit closer, maybe with room for dogs, maybe you know. Um, if anyone out there knows a place, let us know. <laughs> um, anyway, it was... Um, so I did want to ask, I have been asking, I mean, we've been rabbiting on for a little while now, so let's wind up a little bit. But um, what's a great bit of health advice that you have received or you quite often dish out yourself? My ultimate piece of health advice that I have learned the hard way myself and will hand out to anyone that wants something to think about um, is you can't pour from an empty cup. You just can't do it. Your body won't cope. Your mental health won't cope. So, you know, it's your body. You're the one that has to live with it. You don't get another one. You may as well take care of it. Wow. That's powerful stuff because I, I can <laughs> – no, but really, like I can imagine that, you know, when someone comes into you, that's probably a conversation you probably have numerous times a day saying, um, uh, you know, you've come to me with an empty cup. That's why your body is doing what it's doing. We're going to take some time to fill up. Mm-hmm. Just by the way, that's my mum waving at us from Australia down there. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it past your bedtime down there in Oz? Uh, anyway, <laughs> the, 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 the benefit of Instagram Live is you can just, you know, it doesn't work so well on the podcast when you're kind of chatting to the kind of like people waving on the screen uh, and people are like, what are these guys talking about? Um, anyway, that's Marg McLean, my mum. Um, given we've spoken all about mums so far. Um, give us, uh, anyway, great bit of advice. Um, have you got a fave book that you recommend people read or um, – I have a lot. I love, I love books. I have a a small obsession. Um, Probably not that small, but definitely an obsession. Um, What books are you thinking of? Well, like, uh, well, let's let's do both because if you're a bookworm, um, you're probably going to exceed on particularly (laughs) a bookworm. Give us a health-related one that you recommend everyone kind of track down. Health-related. Are we talking mental health or are we talking physical health? Hey, look, anything. I think maybe mental health if uh, this day and age we're like two days away from like lockdown 2.0. So, um, yeah, what's a good mental health one? Perfect time to – so there's two I would recommend. One called The Year of Yes. Effectively, it's written with a lot of humour, so it is actually quite funny as well. Um, But it's a book about um, the art of learning to say yes and get involved in your own life a little bit more. I think there's a a general habit that seems to come up often is that we get engrossed in work and, um, you know, the the day-to-day running of life. We forget to actually enjoy it a lot of the time. Um, So that's one. Um, The other one I am sort of flicking in and out of is something called The Artist's Way. Um, and that's about relearning creativity and expression. So it's a completely, and that for chiropractic, well, for me anyway, is for um, 
learning to develop my chiropractic art, as it were, um, and learning my expression of art, of chiropractic. So to the fun. Yeah. I love that idea of, uh, do you say the art of saying yes? Is that? Uh, so, uh, no. So you've got the year of yes. Sorry, the year of yes. The year of yes. Down. Yeah. Um, is 2020 the year of yes or the uh, year of no? <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you ask. It's because that was the, that's one of the chapters you have to, it's saying yes to saying no when it needs to be said. Um, but, uh, for me, it's kind of year of yes, trying to be year of yes. Look, your fans are speaking up there again. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're loving the, uh, the chat. Um, <laughs> Hi, Dr. Andrew. He is an awesome, awesome Cairo in Southampton. I mean, like, the best. <laughs> uh, we'll have to look him up. Dr. Andrew, who is it? Uh, Varnum. Varnum. Varnum, Dr. Andrew Varnum. I'll have to look him up. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the year of yes, talk about a year of challenge is 2020 though, right? Um, mm-hmm. And be it in Australia or be it you know, over here, um, I think maybe I should. I'm going to read the year of yes and then answer that question myself as to whether or not 2020 is the year of yes or the year of no. Um, all right, let's sign off then. But lastly, give us your favourite alcoholic cocktail slash drink. Oh, I just love. So the, just so the team at Tooting know what to serve up on a Friday night. <laughs> I love a pina colada. Pina colada, nice. Oh, yeah. Or a margarita. I like a margarita as well. Mm. <laughs> it's probably wrong to be thinking about that at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. But anyway. Um, lockdown. lockdown cocktails. Lockdown cocktails. Well, you know, um, I don't know if you got to see my, what did I call it again? The, um, I've forgotten the name of my, Quarantini was the name of the drink. <laughs> when you're at home in quarantine, the only thing for you is to kind of shaken or stirred, make a quarantine. So I like uh, that. That is good. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for joining us. It wasn't that bad, was it? Oh, wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, uh, thanks for um you know, uncovering a little bit more about yourself, you know. Uh, we learn about the third generation chiropractor <laughs> who's now joined us in Tooting. So, um, yeah, the legacy continues in your family, huh? Indeed. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, no worries. I'll uh, sign off and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.